Welcome back to another episode of Win Championship Repeat, Boston Sports Podcast. And on this episode, we're going to start with the Patriots and some rumors about two players who could be on the move. One who is a Patriots player and one who is a uh, player coming to New England. So um, we are going to be looking at some of the potential moves down the line that the uh, Patriots could have to deal with. And so let's start there. So starting on the outside and making our way in, there are rumors that potential Hall of Fame wide receiver Julio Jones could be on the market and they're listening to offers in um, Atlanta. Now, that just doesn't seem like it makes a ton of sense to me because you have a group of players here with uh, Julio Jones and you have Calvin Ridley, who are both great wide receivers. You have Hayden Hurst in the, the draft choice, Kyle Pitts, who looks like a legitimate star in the making. And most people are saying he could be the best player out of this draft. So if you are a team like the Falcons who have Matt Ryan, is this the move you want to make to go out there and add someone like, um, you know, younger players and draft picks if you're trying to compete in what you got is um, Julio Jones, who's an all, you know, pro top five wide receiver. Would you want to get rid of that? Uh, probably not, but seems like they're in the uh, the business to potentially move on from Julio Jones, and Patriots are one team that's been mentioned as a, a spot. Now, obviously with the New England Patriots and their uh, wide receiver situation, it's not the greatest. Um, they did upgrade at several, um, you know, players this offseason with um, adding in uh, Nikhil Harry to the group, also adding in Kendrick Bourne, who came from San Francisco, and so... They do have some good wide receivers there, but not great ones. Um, and so adding in, obviously, someone of that caliber would be great. You know, you have some decent, you know, running backs. Obviously, you added in the two best tight ends in free agency. So there's a chance that, you know, adding in a all-pro wide receiver would be great. And someone who they haven't had since um, since Randy Moss. Because, yes, they've had Welker, and they've had Amendola, and they've had Chris Hogan. And they've had Julian Edelman, and those are all great, but they're what they are. And besides Edelman, the rest aren't Hall of Famers. And you could make the case that Julio Jones could be a Hall of Famer at some point. So um, for the Patriots, this is where they go. And I could easily see them going out there and adding in Julio Jones for the right price. Now, what is the right price? And there's a few ways they can go with this. So I think... The Patriots should throw Nikhil Harry, and they should throw Sonny Michel at the Atlanta Falcons. And I'll tell you why. So there are some who believe Sonny Michel might not even get a roster spot when it's all said and done. Because you have James White, you have Damian Harris in there, and you have um, you know Sonny Michel in the draft choice, Ramondre Stevenson. I think he was a fourth-round pick or a fifth-round pick or something like that. So if Stevenson is the big body, the LeGarrette Blunt of this team... And obviously you have the the much uh, more versatile James White and then Damian Harris is your, I guess, traditional running back in this sense. Um, is there room for Michelle? Not really. You do have um, Brandon Bolden, who's more special teams, if anything. So he's just kind of the, the backup, backup option. And then in the wide receiver category, you added Nelson Aguilar, you added Kendrick Bourne, you have Jacoby Myers, and you would be bringing in a wide receiver in Julio Jones to replace Nikhil Harry. Now he hasn't, to me, worked out and for both Michelle and Nikhil Harry they just haven't worked for me and 
maybe in a new situation. I don't know a lot about the, the Atlanta Falcons um, running back situation. They have um, Tony Brooks uh, James, who uh, has been practice squad and was on the Vikings, Pittsburgh Steelers, Tampa Bay, all practice squad for the most part. Then there's Mike Davis, um, who's been in the league for a few years, played with San Francisco, Carolina, now with the Falcons. So I'm guessing he's probably the, the starter at this point. They have uh, a rookie, Javelin uh, Hawkins from Louisville. They have uh, Quadre Olson, who's been with the team since 2019. Um, doesn't look like he's a, a star at that spot. And then they have Cordero Patterson, who played wide receiver running back for the Patriots. He was a wide receiver with the Patriots and moved around. And so none of those sound like great running backs. And I'm not saying... Michelle is a great running back, but he could be a much better option for this team. And again, uh, I don't know a ton about the wide receivers besides Julio Jones and obviously Calvin Ridley is their second best option. Um, and they got a bunch of other guys thrown in there. Uh, maybe, you know, Nikhil Harry gives them something uh, that they don't have. And, you know, maybe adding these two pieces is what they need to make something work. Um, and so I'd say that's your starting point. Because that gets rid of some of the issues with the Patriots on whether they keep these guys or not. And so I think that's the starting point for the Patriots. Now, I'm assuming that also draft picks will have to be involved. And to me, I don't know exactly how many picks or if they're going to be first or second. I think you got to add at least one first round pick in there because he is an all, you know, pro, you know, a potential Hall of Famer. So I would say the Patriots add a 2022 first round pick into this if they go out and get him and then I also expect maybe a 2023 or 2024 pick as well maybe a third rounder or a fourth rounder or something else to get the ball rolling um, I don't know uh, if he's going to require multiple first round picks I think you know adding in Tony Michelle and Nikhil Harry kind of uh, while not um, 100% the greatest they can uh, fill in for the extra first round picks or the extra first-round pick or whatever, just because maybe having players might be a better um, situation for the Falcons than the, the first-round pick or whatever other picks they would get. So to me, I would say a third-round pick in 2023, a first-round pick in 2022, and then Sony Michelle and Nikhil Harry, and then maybe like a pick-swap situation in like 2024, where the Patriots trade away a third round pick and they get a fourth round pick from the Falcons and so um, that situation could take place or the Patriots maybe in 2024 trade away a first round pick but get a second round pick back kind of a pick swap in that sense um, and so we could see that um, so that's what I think they should do if they go after um, um, they go after uh, Julio Jones if they just want to do draft picks and they don't really want the players um, then I would just do like two or three first round picks and then some conditional picks, third round, fourth round picks as well. Maybe two first round picks, a third round pick, and maybe like a, you know, swap of uh, like a fifth and a sixth round pick or a fourth and a fifth round pick, uh, depending. So I think Julio Jones would be a great wide receiver for them. And, you know, obviously with their quarterback situation, I think, you know, Julio Jones has interest in playing with Cam Newton and, you know, Cam Newton's a solid name-recognized uh, quarterback who I think would be a great, you know, player to have with Julio Jones. So 
Um, that's a good situation. I think there's um, sort of a lot that can go on there that could work out. Now, moving on to the other player, which is uh, Jared Stidham. There's rumors that they might um, move on from Stidham. Teams might have interest. And so I think Belichick and Kraft have gone, at least in the last few years, with this sort of um, back and forth where Kraft has kind of come up and taken over and kind of given Bill Belichick his own orders, even though Belichick's kind of been running the show. I've seen a lot of, um, you know, Kraft taking over and being like, this is what we're doing, even though it might not be what you think, it's what we're doing. And a lot of that stems with the whole Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo thing where it's not like Garoppolo had to get traded, but basically Kraft went in there and said, we're keeping Brady no matter what. And Bill Belichick was like, okay, well, if there's nothing I can do on that front, we're going to get rid of Garoppolo because we're not going to, you know, keep him for nothing. He's going to leave and get a max contract somewhere, or at least a bigger contract than what we could offer him as a backup. And it worked out because Tom Brady won a championship in that frame of time. And so he was a big part of New England for up until he left. And maybe, you know, this is another situation where maybe Bill Belichick likes Stidham and wants to keep him on the bench, but maybe Kraft's like, look, we have Hoyer, we have Mac Jones, we have Cam Newton, what do we need him for? We could use that roster spot for someone on defense or a wide receiver or running back or something. So if it comes down to it and the Patriots have to keep an extra running back or keep Stidham, maybe they trade Stidham to a team that's interested. Maybe some team can take a flyer on him if they need, you know, a quarterback. There are a lot of teams out there that could go down that road. One team that apparently had interest was the Houston Texans. And if the Texans are, you know, interested in adding him into the mix, let's say they don't want to trade Deshaun Watson because they feel like maybe he's still got something left in the tank, but they don't know if he's going to be here this season because of the, you know, allegations. And if that keeps him out of football, maybe they want Stidham as sort of the, the backup or potential starter if Deshaun doesn't actually play at all. So... If there's offers on the table, teams are fishing and they're interested in Stidham, then this is the perfect time to do it because you have three other quarterbacks. Cam Newton's your starter, that's no question. Brian Hoyer was, I think, brought in solely because he's a good backup, but more importantly, he can just be a mentor to Mac Jones and kind of show him the system because he was there last year. Kind of like, hey, like I know I'm not going to play, but here's how it goes and here's the situation. Because Hoyer was behind Brady for a while, and he knows the system. And I think, you know, he's a good mentor to Mac Jones. If Mac Jones is on the bench just kind of chilling, you know, Brian Hoyer can give him tips and help out. Obviously, you know, McDaniels and Belichick will do what they can. But having a quarterback in there like Hoyer, who's had, you know, knows the system and is a veteran in that sense, can help Mac Jones on the bench while Cam Newton plays. And if it gets to the point where it's week 12 and they need... Mac Jones to step in, then he steps in. So um, I think getting rid of Stidham would make the most sense to me. And it's just one of those things where maybe they go in that direction if uh, they feel like Stidham is the best uh, the best op option here. Um, and if they get rid of him and they can add, let's say, a fifth-round pick or you know trade Stidham to a team and swap fourth-round picks, you know, maybe he goes to a team that's not that good and needs a quarterback. And then you kind of um, flip-flop um, the whole situation. And, um, you know, let's say, um, you know, a team needs someone. Let's say it is the Texans and they're like, okay, we'll swap fourth-round picks because let's say the Texans 
fourth round pick is a little bit better than the Patriots. You know, you can make something work there. He's not the greatest quarterback, and so he's not going to get you anything higher than probably a fourth round pick at the most. But they could go in that direction. Now moving on to the Boston Celtics, who lost game one uh, against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, they had a solid lead for a while, but it kept slipping, and eventually Brooklyn took over the game. Now most people don't expect Brooklyn to come out of this as losers. They expect the Boston Celtics to lose uh, the series, which the way things have been looking this season, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a four-game series. And as a Celtics fan, I don't want to see it like that, but they're just not playing at a, an elite level, and they're not playing at a high level. And they're just not as good as they should be. And so maybe this is not the Celtics year. And maybe they have to take a step back and look at what's going on and see where they go from here. Because, um, you know, if this is a sweep, if they go five games and lose, you know, they're going to have a lot of people out there who are saying, is this a team that can really win, right? Uh, and granted, Jalen Brown got hurt and he's out for the whole playoffs, whether they lose in the first round or make it to the finals. But... You know, is that going to jump uh, them ahead of a bunch of teams? Probably not. Is that going to make them better than Brooklyn? Probably not. Would they have won last night's game with Jalen Brown in? Maybe they would have kept their lead longer or they would have made it more of an interesting game. But Brooklyn's just got so much star power between their three juggernaut superstars. I don't see them stopping at any point in time. And so to me, I just think that's where they are. Um... They're just a great team, and the Celtics have to compete against a very high-powered offense. And it's just going to be a tough series for the Celtics because they're not used to, you know, playing against these great teams at this level. And, you know, obviously last year was totally different because Brooklyn wasn't as good. But I just don't see the Celtics winning in the first round as much as I'd like to see it because there's a lot that goes wrong, and it's just not a good situation right now for the Celtics. And they've had a lot of issues, and... You know, it just hasn't gone their way. Now, there are a lot of people that are saying that there's an Isaiah Thomas effect with the Celtics. And what they're basically saying is that Isaiah Thomas was a big part of the Celtics and they made him a star, at least for one season. Then they traded him away for Kyrie and things went downhill. You know, Kyrie was a mess. He didn't want to be here. He didn't play that much. He had his problems. Gordon Hayward comes in. He gets hurt his first season. He doesn't even play. Then he's just in and out of the lineup over his career, over his career in Boston. Not as good as he was in Utah. You got Al Horford who leaves um, in free agency. And there's just, you know, this Isaiah Thomas effect that people are just like, okay, things aren't going in the right direction. And to top it all off, uh, Anthony Davis's father, when he was on the market, said, okay, I don't want my son going to Boston because of what they did to Isaiah Thomas. Now, obviously, Anthony Davis is a lot different than Isaiah Thomas. He's not a undersized point guard who got a lucky year who had a great heart and soul um he's obviously a superstar who um the celtics would hold on to with dear life um and obviously if you can get an all-star in Kyrie for someone in isaiah thomas i know that a lot of people are like okay they did him dirty but he wasn't that good he left boston and was just average if he was a great player in all honesty he would have been good everywhere else he went or at least most of the places he went he's out of the league so I can't say that Isaiah Thomas is this great player and that, oh, they did him dirty because they were trying to make the best move possible and it worked out. So obviously Kyrie didn't work out 100%, but at the end of the day, it was a situation in which, you know, they made in their eyes the right move. And that's just where the Celtics were at that time. And so 
yeah, you could say that this Isaiah Thomas effect is a thing, but, you know, it's one of those things that's bigger in the grand scheme of things. And I think, you know, he wasn't the greatest player, but I think just the Isaiah Thomas effect has some sort of a, a stigma or just kind of there's some truth to it because maybe some players don't want to play in Boston because of what Danny Ainge did. Oh, he did Isaiah Thomas dirty. What's he going to do to me if things don't go my way or if something comes up that's better? So I don't know if the Isaiah Thomas effect is 100% uh, true, uh, truth, but I do think there's a lot there, and I could honestly say that the Isaiah Thomas effect, it, it, it works to an extent, and uh, I think you know a lot of players might feel the same way Anthony Davis's dad did, kind of like, oh, they did him dirty, they might do my son dirty, or they might do me as a player dirty, which I don't know. Now, uh, switching gears just for a second, we're going to look at uh, some rumors about potentially Damian Lillard on the offseason going to Boston. Now, obviously, if Damian Lillard is available, which I don't think he is, Celtics should go all out. Obviously, um, Tatum or Brown, most likely Brown, will be included or have to be included because you obviously can't get some sort of deal done without one of those guys. And so there is... Um, you know, a lot that the Celtics can do to add in, you know, Damian Lillard. I think they could throw a bunch of draft picks. They could throw someone like Jalen Brown into the mix. And that could get the ball rolling. I guess it all depends on how the playoffs go in this sense. And so, you know, maybe the Celtics try and go after him if he's available. But if Damian Lillard's available, a lot of teams are going to go after him. And there's a lot of teams that are going to have interest. So, I don't know if the Celtics have the best package, but... If Jalen Brown's involved, there's a good chance they, they could. And there's a lot of people out there who would say, oh, why would you trade away Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard? Why would you do this, this and that? He's great. Damian Lillard's top, in my opinion, a top three point guard. And honestly, behind Steph Curry, he's number two. And so if that is on the table and you could get Damian Lillard and Jalen Brown has to be involved, I have no questions getting rid of him. Seriously. Obviously, you'd have to get rid of Kemba because there's a, a point guard issue there. And if you trade away Kemba for someone else, that's fine. And fill in the Jalen Brown role with whatever you get from Kemba. But in all honesty, if, you know, Portland's open to trading Damian Lillard and they're like, okay, we'll take Jalen Brown, a first-round pick, and whatever else needs to get this done. Um, I think the Celtics would have no problem doing that. And yes, you would be upset that Jalen Brown just got traded. But you'd be happy when Damian Lillard comes in and is scoring 40 points a game alongside Tatum, who we've clearly seen can score 40 50 even 60 points a game um not on an average night but he has the potential to go out there and score 60 or score 40 or score 35 in a game so i think if damian lillard's available you got to go out there and at least try now from a salary standpoint could the celtics go out there and get damian lillard and bradley beal yes because you would trade Jalen Brown and other assets, and then you could trade away Kemba for Bradley Beal and other assets, which that's always an option. But what would it? It would cost you a lot. You'd basically be gutting most of your core just to add in these two guys. But if they wanted to say, okay, Damian Lillard, James, um, Jason Tatum, and uh, you know uh, Bradley Beal, that's a good, that's a legit three who could make you know so much sense for this team, and it could be you know, the greatest moves possible if that's where they go with this direction. So I could easily see that being the case, and I could easily see um, a big uh, situation coming if they can add some l l elite players, because they need to do it. 
get better and just have an overall better team. Now, moving on to the Boston Bruins, who are in the playoffs uh, themselves. And uh, for the Bruins, uh, things, things seem to be looking uh, very good for them. Uh, they've been, um, you know, getting it done when they need to. And this uh, series where they are playing against the uh, Washington Capitals um, has looked uh, as good as it can get for them. Um, if you look at their last games, um, they've got three victories and they only have one loss, meaning that they got one game coming up, which is to today. And if they get if they get the victory, they move on. So the Bruins are looking insanely good right now, um, and their team overall just seems to be getting better and better um, throughout this playoffs. And honestly, I think the Celtics are getting more hyped than the Bruins, even though the Bruins are probably going to make it farther and do a lot more in the playoffs than the Celtics ever will this year. And so don't sleep on the Bruins. They're looking pretty good. And for the Red Sox, we will uh, slide over there. Uh, they have a four-game win streak. They beat Toronto twice, and they beat the Phillies twice. Now on to a third matchup with uh, the Phillies. And so, um, yeah, uh, you know, things seem to be going good. Um, and um, things uh, are looking uh, overall great in their last game. If you look at the box score and how things were, um, they had uh, Santana who had a home run in the same inning as Bogarts. Um, Bogarts had two RBIs, one RBI for Devers, one for Santana, um, and um, you know they ended up getting the four-three victory in the end with Yavaldi getting the win, five and two record. Um, he had five point one innings pitched, two earned runs, four Ks, and two uh, ball uh, walks, um, and then we got Matt. Barnes coming in for the save um, with no earned runs, two Ks, one walk. Um, and I think that's his 11th save, so um, pretty solid. Looking at JD, who had an on-base percentage of .404 and a slugging percentage of .592 and an average of .328. Um, pretty solid, pretty good, and things seem to be going in the right direction for um, their team and just working out uh, well. 